You are listening to Tom Green, a series that joins classes from St. David's Boys National School in Artane as they learn about the life of Irish Antarctic explorer Tom Green from the book Iceman by Michael Smith. You're all very welcome to St. David's Boys National School on the Kilmore Road in Artane. And with me we have boys from Mr. Minogue's class. You're welcome, Mr. Minogue. And we've got Patrick, Aaron, Ross, Matthew, Daniel, Sean and Adam. And they're going to be talking about what topic? Uh, well, we looked at some of the countries that were mentioned in the book. Uh, and the book Crean. is t- uh, The Iceman, Tom Crean, written by um, Michael Smith. Yeah. Yeah, very so good. Very interesting book and uh, a number of countries... Um, came up in topic in the book, so we kind of explored those countries Very in good. further detail. Uh, some some of the countries we looked at them in the present day, but um, other countries we looked at what they were like back in the time of Tom Crean. Very good. That's very interesting. I'm looking forward to this now. So, I believe Patrick, you're going to read the section first, are you? Yeah. Good man. So away you go. He was born in 1877 near the village of Annascall in County Kerry, on Ireland's western shores. Tom had a humble start in life. His parents were very poor farmers who struggled to work the land and feed their ten children. Life on the farm was extremely hard. There were no luxuries like electricity or telephones. People were often hungry and when crops failed, many thousands died. Only the toughest survived. Children like Tom had a little chance to escape the poverty. Skills were poor and children learned little more then how to read and write. Very interesting. Now that gives a very interesting picture. So if you were going back to Tom Crean's day, when you talk about schooling, and look at the fabulous school that we have, and you, you're never you're never hungry, are you? Mm-hmm. Whereas in those days, you know, with 10 children, very small farm, it must have been very difficult. And um, so that, that's a comparison even to today, how well off we are compared to, to those days. Mm-hmm. Very, very interesting. I wonder how the teachers compared the... Well, I'd say the teachers were, were much better. No, I'm only joking. <laughs> so we have a backdrop of Ireland when Tom was born in the 1897, 18, was it? So the boys, yeah. um, Aaron and Patrick here, looked at uh, Ireland at the time and the 1916 rising and when, when Tom was out on expedition and they looked at the way Tom lied to leave the country. That's right. He said he was older, wasn't it? He said yeah. he was um, 18, I think, to yeah. join the British Navy, but he was actually only 15. So, Aaron, will you start? Ireland was really poor at the time. There wasn't enough food for people to eat. Uh, Tom Crean was born in Annascall in 1877. He liked to join the uh, English Navy at age 15, but he liked to, that he was 18. So it was, it was a, different, a different Ireland to today? Yeah. And Matthew, had a Matthew you're going to read from, from the book. Very good. The grim facts began to sink in. They could not sail the curds around the island and three of them were too weak to travel. There was no hope of rescue because no one knew they were there. Staying put meant certain death both for those in the little cave on South Georgia and for the 22 castaways marooned on Elephant Island. The only choice was to walk from south coast to the whaling stations in the north. It was a daunting prospect. No, no one before had crossed the interior of South Georgia, which is a mountainous island scattered with massive glaciers and ice fields. Wow. So that was very different to Ireland, wasn't it? <coughs> so the, the three men who sailed, who were basically washed up on the South Shore, had, a, 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 as I say, a daunting task, a huge task ahead of them. Um, 
I, I remember reading that section too. I mean, the, the South Georgia sounds benign and easy, but I mean, the, the peak they went over was four and a half thousand feet high, and the highest mountain in Ireland is just over three thousand. He was a long way from Karen Tuhill, though. So, I mean, you think of it that if he, where he was born, Anaskal, is not too far from Karen Tuhill, was 3,000 feet. So, I imagine it was in half that again. And they went over with very basic equipment. So, that's, that's some difference in climate and in conditions. The population in South Georgia is 30. 30? Yeah. My goodness. That's it. 30 people. Yeah. Goodness, so there's, there's, there's not too many. Not, so there's more in my class. There's more in your class, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And what else did you find about it? Um, it is 167.4 kilometers long and 1.4 to 37 kilometers wide. Right. Okay. So it's not a. It's a long, narrow island. Right. Very good. Anything else? The highest point in it is Mount Paget. So would you imagine climbing up four and a half thousand feet? With basic equipment, freezing cold, winds howling, no food, not so nice. No, no. So it's it's not a a great place to go on your holidays no. to South Georgia. So would you like to go there on your holidays? No, no. So our Elephant Island, I for that matter. Now, uh, what else, Mr. Madog? Uh, we're looking at um, England at the time. Oh, very uh, good to compare. Yeah, the World War and okay. how it wasn't very popular to be a member of the British Navy when you lived in Ireland at the time. Very also the, that's it linking the whole historical recent history. So Daniel, will you tell us something? And the King George is King of England when Tom joined the Royal Navy, and the Navy is a part of Britain's armed forces. The Navy is involved in warfare on or over the sea. The Navy protects England and all its allies. The Royal Navy was founded in 1660 and its nickname is the Senior Service. The colours of the Navy are red and white. Very good. World War One was going on and millions of English people died. The Navy was involved in it. Ireland was in a state of war with England in 1916. Britain was involved in exploration, and Tom Crane was a captain was on Captain Scott's expedition to the South Pole. So that's very interesting. So during Tom's expeditions, you had, you had this turmoil going on in the world with the, with World War One. We forget that, don't we? Yeah, so that's very interesting. So the British Navy was a very strong force in 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 the world at the t- at the time, also. So Tom joined up. So he he, he pretended he was. 18, but he's only 15. Is that right? And he started off as a, a very low rank, isn't it? And he ended up as a warrant officer, so he worked, so he did very well for himself. Um, Aaron, did you want to say something there? Yeah. Uh, when Tom came back to Ireland, uh, he lived a quiet life, and he set up a pub in County Kerry called the South Pauline, and he died from appendix age 61. So... That's amazing. So all his travels, he was so strong and he never had a problem and yet he died of something like that. That's something so small. Something yeah. so small. That's very sad, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, so we, have, what we're, uh, we have Ireland, a picture of Ireland when Tom was young and then we had the trouble in the history, from a historical point of view, the World War One and the turmoil that went on and he was in the British Navy. So Mr Minogue, you were saying something there which might be interesting to develop. Um when he came back from his travels and set up the pub, it wasn't popular to be a... a, a yeah, t- he kept it kind of quiet. Um, 
about his exploits. So maybe today, if he if if it happened today, he'd be a, a famous man. But back then, he didn't really want the local people to to know that he had been oh, a member of the British because Navy. of the because of the tensions. It wasn't a very popular uh, right. But if, yeah, absolutely, especially with the sixteen leading up and the, the the whole the the revolution and the rebellion and then leading into the troubles in the early twenties of the Civil War and so on. So very interesting. So. Um, do, do you think that the, the, the English people regarded Tom highly? I mean, he got a, a medal from the king, didn't he? He got a medal from the king, is right, yeah. Yeah, so he was very regarded, well regarded by the British Navy, but uh, not so much by his own I people. Think, I think his, his popularity and his fame is, is only growing now. Yeah, and I think, the, I think the book, The Iceman, the, the Michael Smith's book, highlights what an extraordinary man he was. And lessons that we can take from him, his fortitude and his ability to, no matter what the problem was, he got stuck in and and and, and kept at it until he solved the, solved the problem. Yeah. So I was, it's very interesting that in the midst of all this, when the guys, when Tom and his colleagues and Scott and Shackleton were hiking through the Antarctica, there was trouble back in Ireland with the, with the World War and with the rebellion. So we tend to forget that. That's interesting. So will we move on to? Something? Yeah, we actually looked at. Um we decided to look, make a more uh, have a modern look as well on um, a country, uh, Chile, which was mentioned in the book. A few, That's right, uh, yeah. num- uh, numerous because times because they sailed from there a lot of times. Yeah, uh, they were sailed, sailed down from there, there yeah. and um, Adam could tell you there about uh, a ship that was given by the Chilean government that actually aided in the rescue. Oh, of, very of good. The, the name sailors. of the boat was the Elko, right? And the Chilean government gave it to them to rescue them, okay. and then uh, the modern day founder. Of Chile is Bernardo O'Higgins, and his dad was actually born in County Sligo, Ambrosio O'Higgins. My goodness! And that Chile is a very long and narrow country. That's right, right down South America, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that it borders three countries: Bolivia, Peru, and Argentina. So it borders Peru, Bolivia, and Argentina. Oh my! Yeah. So it's a long, long country. And there's a a mountain range called the Andes that separate Chile from Argentina. Very good. I can picture this in my head now. That's very good, Adam. Yeah. Yeah, and Chile claimed to own one million uh, square kilometers of Antarctica, and it's named after. Uh, it's named Tierra del O'Higgins. Well, I, I, oh, is that right? So uh, named after an Irishman. Named after an Irishman. Yeah. So that's very interesting. So I didn't realise that there's such a strong connection between Irish people. Obviously, went to Chile and settled. And oh yeah, there was a Gael talk in Chile at one stage. My goodness. And Chile, of course, goes right down, right down to very cold lands, yeah. and goes nearly right up to, up to the the, the subtropical subtropical area. Yeah, there's vast amount of uh, climates. Yeah, from uh, that's very good, Adam. Uh, so, anything else on Chile? Yeah, that has the driest desert in the world, the Atacama. Atacama down, that's right. Yeah, down in the south, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So that's the driest uh, uh, desert, desert in the world. While actually the driest place in the world is driest Antarctica. Place. That's very interesting. You know, you, you'd imagine if you drive, you think of of the Sahara, maybe. So it's a, it's an arid, various the wind, obviously, and so on. All these we've come across some places that I would not like to be in. <laughs> so I suppose really what we're learning also, boys, is how lucky we are to be in a climate that we have in Ireland. You oh, know, definitely. Yeah. I mean, imagine the poor people in Nepal and the earthquakes and volcanoes and all these things that happen. Well, we don't uh, experience them no, in a bit of range. Yeah. No, indeed, we, <laughs> we we shouldn't complain. So that's thank you, Adam. That's very good. So Bernarda O'Higgins yeah. was it was a it was a relation. I was an Irish uh, extraction because there's Irish every place, isn't there? Uh, it's very good. So um, 
Now, anybody else? Um, we have Sean. Would you like to say something? Yeah, I can talk about England now. Very good. The capital city of England is London. The population is, of England is around 60 million. Right. The square kilometres of England is around 240,000 square kilometres. Very good. So England, do you think that England is still a very powerful country? Yeah. Very good. And, and even at the times we were talking about in the book, it was very powerful and it is still very powerful. So, uh, Adam, would you like to say something yeah, there? I forgot to say that the capital city is Santiago and the Santiago. population is 18 million. 18 million? I didn't realise it was that big. 18 million. And then the president is Michelle Bachelet. Good, you've done your homework, Adam. Well done. So that's, that's, that's very good. So in, in terms of the work you did on Chile, would, is there any place, from when, when you were reading up on it, is there any place you'd like to go to in Chile? Yeah, the capital, Santiago. Would you like to go there? 18 million. How many people are in Dublin as a comparison? Around 5 million, wouldn't be? No, there's less. In, in Ireland. It, 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 the whole population of Ireland oh, in Dublin, say. About a million. million. So imagine yeah. 18 times the size. A lot of big places, isn't it? And we forget that the, we think our city is very big. But uh, there's other places far bigger. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, any other any other comments that any advice you'd like to make before we finish up? So we yes. The population of Elephant Island is zero. Zero. I love that. I saw that in the thing. Can you imagine? So, would you like to live there on your own? No. No, it wouldn't be so nice. Would it? And it's thirteen thousand three hundred ninety-one kilometers from Ireland. Wow. Give that figure again. Thirteen thousand three hundred eighty-one kilometers. So thirteen thousand. <gasps> long way from home you, yeah. it's, it's a long place that, that if you forgot your lunch <laughs> you'd be travelling so boys um, Mr Minogue can I thank you very much and can I thank Patrick Aaron Ross Matthew Daniel Sean and Adam for the work you've done you've done a lot of homework and you had, you had, had all your facts and figures before you so well done and thank you very much again You're all very welcome to St. David's Boys National School on the Kilmore Road in Artane. And with me today are boys from Mr. Minogue's class. And we've got Shane, Andrew, Josh, Ryan, another Shane, Dylan, Jonathan and Aaron. You're all very welcome, boys. Now, Mr. Minogue, you're going to, your boys are going to talk about what this morning? Uh, well, we looked at transport and uh, how that Tom had a perilous... Um, so Tom Crean from the book Iceman, he had a perilous uh, journey to the pole... Well, he never actually, in fact, made the pole, yeah. but he had a perilous journey and he had to use many types of old types of transport. So we kind of looked at the transport from back then um, in relation okay. to the transport that we use today. And Shane, I believe you're going to read an extract from the book Iceman. Uh, this is all about Tom Crean's adventures written by Michael Smith. So away you go. Endurance ran into serious trouble only weeks after entering the icy waters. With the words from the whalers still ringing in their ears, the explorers watched as the ice closed around the ship. One by one, the exit routes to open sea lanes were closed off as the ice gathers, gathered around and tightened its grip. Only luck could save them, but the explorers' luck had run out. High winds drove the pack ice closer together and blocked off all exits. Endurance was trapped, surrounded on all sides by ice. So, so the endurance, the, the main uh, means of transport 
was by ship, isn't that right? Yeah. And they had to carry all their provisions for two years on the ship. So the ship was packed full with everything. Animals, food, everything they were going to eat for the next two years had to be on board. And there it was, trapped in the ice. Not so pleasant, was it? Would you like to be in that situation? No, not really. No, not, 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 not me. Not me. So, um, so uh, anybody else would like to pick it up, Mr. Madog? Yeah, um, Andrew, you looked at... Um some of the other forms of transport that they used back in Tom Crean's expeditions? They had sleds, huskies, ponies and ships. The transportation was made from wood and was very heavy. Tom Crean had to pull the lifeboats across the ice shelf after the endurance sank. They used ponies to pull the sleds. The ponies were very weak and their hooves sank into the ice. Tom Crean's party didn't make use of the dogs. And Dunson used huskies more and more, and he reached the South Pole. They ate the ponies and the dogs for fresh food. Very good. That's, that's an interesting piece of uh, research there, Andrew. So, in Tom Crean's day, if they were travelling the South Pole, they had to pull the the, the their materials or their their um, food and their tents and that on a sledge. And it was you were saying it was made of wood, so it was very heavy. So, <clears throat> and these that and that, gosh, that, was, that sounds awful. Now I do know that the ponies they had, they sourced them in in Manchuria in China because there was some cold area, but they didn't survive very well. So they didn't, and they had to be put down, and they they used it as, as food. But the 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 Norwegian explorer used only dogs, isn't that right? You mentioned that. What's his name again? Edmunds. Edmunds. It's hard to say, isn't it? Yeah. So he, so he, I think he had 120 dogs. That and they. Now, why do you think the dogs were better than the the ponies? Do you think? Uh, they're probably used to the snow and they have more strength than ponies. Yes, but also the disadvantage of the ponies is that they were much heavier and yeah. they sank into the snow, whereas the dogs were lighter, and they were more used to the and conditions. And they had like more stamina. Correct, and also they they ate less food. Yeah, so you can see what the advantage of the... And you could train the dogs much easier, yeah. isn't that right? So that's why the Norwegian explorer achieved the goal, whereas Captain Scott didn't like dogs, he didn't trust them. So there's a, a difference in the means of transportation. Well done, Andrew. Thank you, that's very interesting. Uh, now, Mr Minogue, um So moving on from there, we looked at the transport that was used in Antarctica, but we decided to make have a broader look and see what type of transport was uh, available at the time in the world because oh, yeah, right, we use okay. transport every day, but it's a slightly slight bit different than it was back in the early 20th century. Okay, so you're, you're going back uh, how many years? A uh, hundred and odd? Well, a hundred odd if you want to yeah, talk say about roughly a hundred years ago. Yeah. yeah. So, so what type of, say, is this in Ireland or you're talking about or, or all around? Uh, yeah, just around the world and okay. um, how people used to travel. So Aaron and um, Ryan had a look at the different ways that people used to get around Ireland. And if, if you wanted to go overseas, if you wanted to travel, like we can all get on, a, on an airplane to New York now, but this wasn't the case. Okay, so will Aaron start? Yeah, okay, Aaron. Yeah, Tom Crean was born in 1877, and the way they had to get overseas to, it was to use steamboats to travel to different countries. And they didn't really get around their country as fast as today because their because the steam trains on their cars were very slow back then, and to and to carry stuff they used horses and carts to travel uh, around Ireland. Uh, the Titanic sank during Tom Crean was on the Terra Nova expedition in Antarctica. 
The first planes would glide instead of fly like normal planes today. And uh, a navy was a very big thing back then, as now it's, it is the Air Force. And Tom Cream was 15 when he joined the navy. Very good. That's some interesting there stuff, Aaron. So the, uh, if, if you wanted to move around Ireland in those days, you had to, had to walk. That's yeah. one. Or you had a horse and cart, yeah. basically. So yeah. when you see a big articulated lorry delivering food, say, to Northside Shopping Centre. Yeah. In those days, if they were delivering, they'd all be carts, wouldn't they? Horses yeah. and carts. Horses and carts. And small yeah. loads. So they had to, there was an awful lot of them. Yeah. So there was a lot of physical work, wasn't there? So it's yeah. quite, quite different. Mm-hmm. And if you wanted, say, to travel to England, say, from if, if Tom wanted to go, he'd have to probably walk. And then you'd probably have to get a train, maybe with a train. Yeah, there would be. Yeah. Or a, 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 a horse and cart. Yeah. And then you'd get a boat across to England. So it, it was. It took a long, long time, didn't it? It did, yeah. Yeah. So compared to today, I was watching last evening all the aeroplanes coming into Dublin Airport. And yeah. there was a plane coming in every two minutes. You know, so when you consider, you know, in those days, if you wanted to go to London, it would take a long, long time, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so very interesting. Well, well done. Thank Actually, you. Dylan and Shane got an interesting fact. You're talking about airplanes there, <coughs> about how many airplanes are in the sky. Oh, 60,000 air passenger airplanes are in the sky every day. 60,000? Yeah. Around the world. So that's a good bit of research. Well done. Anything else, um, Shane? And um, the, wo- the world was a much bigger place back then. Explain that. Like, because there's more planes you can get places quicker now so ah, it's I see what you mean now so everything took so long yeah very good the fastest car now is goes 270 miles per hour and probably then it would have went 30 back then so that's inter- so t- uh, 30 at mass that was a real yeah. fast car 100 years ago yeah. and you're saying the fastest one now is 270 yeah my jeep that's nine is it nine times faster so the technology really has 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 Not improved. That we be going that fast, though. No, 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 <laughs> no. But it's just a, a, the idea how things develop. So if if and and a lot of the roads in those days were very poor quality, mm. so they, they they wouldn't have the lovely motorways that we have today. There were ruts and there were bumps and hollows and potholes. So it was very difficult. So very good. Thank you. Uh, that's uh, Dylan, isn't it? Yeah. Right, Mister Minogue, And anything else? Uh, just a Ryan, have you anything to say about the transport pack? Yeah, and um, the trucks run on steam as well as the trains and the um, boats. Okay, so the steam powered, right? Very good. And they were, they were the latest technology too, it's wasn't they? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And what fuel do you think they would use to uh, to drive coal. the boat? Coal. Very good. And I saw something recently, but when the Lusitania it was a hundred years since it, uh, it was it sunk off Kinsale and Cork. But it, 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 that was driven by coal. But the, the amount of coal it burned was absolutely enormous. Uh, right. so Ryan's dad is actually a train driver. So oh. uh, yeah. Ryan, does he does he have a steam train now? Or yeah, I saw a steam train. He was driving steam train before, and he got to go on it. Very good. So now it's all diesel, is it? Or it's electric? Diesel now. Diesel, yeah. Ireland, yeah. Yeah, very good. Now, um, because of the perilous journey that Tom took to the tried to reach the pole we we looked at uh, modern day explorers and how they um how they move around antarctica and oh so if i if i was in antarctica today today yeah. okay so who's going to tell me about that so jonathan and josh had a had a look at that okay guys so i'm going to the antarctica now what what would you advise me how would i get around get around by Volkswagen beetles what else my god go on and you'll 
there's 20 airports in Antarctica, but none of them are open to public access. Oh, so I'd have to get a special permit? Yeah. Is it? And I could fly there. So yeah. there's another way of transport. There are 20 strips, landing strips in the Antarctica. Yeah. Mm. And the there's a 900-mile road in Antarctica called the Macurdo South Pole Highway. My goodness. So I, once I land from the airport, I'd get a jeep or sort of... Yeah, well, the, the Volkswagen Beetle that he mentions was the first um, was the first transportation um, car that was brought to the... Go away. And they're still there today, and they're used in the stations to move around the stations because they're, they're, um, they're pretty light. Oh, so right, they, yeah. They can move around the station. They wouldn't go to the pole now or anything, but... And, of course, the Volkswagen the was, was still being made in Brazil, as, as, as far as... It's still being made anyway. So... Um, so that's that's uh, Jonathan. That's if I went to the North, the Antarctica, I'd fly there, and then I'd be transported around by by the vehicles. Yeah. So it's quite different to Tom's day, yeah. where he had to pull everything around after him. Mm. So, and how about you, uh, Josh? Uh, Antarctica has only one part of four boats to dock. This is at McMurdo Station. There are helicopter pads at twenty seven station. They use gravel as runways. Okay, so there's a big change. So there's yeah. but it's, it's the interesting point. Well, there's 27 helicopter yeah. pads. There's how many how many air uh, 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 air strips, Jonathan? Um, Did you say there is 20? Is 20, it 20? Yeah, 20. So we have 20 uh, air strips, 27 helicopter pads, but there's only one place to dock boats. Yeah. So if I wanted to sail there, I'd go into that harbour. And I presume I'd be picked up again by, by a helicopter. Well, has, has anybody been in a helicopter? Yeah, you have, have you? Yeah. Yeah. What was it like? Noisy. Noisy. Were you a bit nervous? No. No, no bother to you. Yeah. Very good. So would would I, would would everybody like to have a go on a helicopter? Yeah. 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 Right. And would you like to fly over the Antarctic? Antarctica. Yeah. No, you would. Right. Okay. So, Josh, anything else about? Uh, no, that's you covered everything. So we have, so we've we've compared the transportation now in in, in Tom Crean's day, and look at the difference today. Uh, but the weather hasn't changed, so so you you still have to have to deal with with that. So you would travel by boat or uh, plane, uh, and then you get a helicopter, or you'd be transported by car. So it's a very it's very very different. So, would anybody like to have experienced what Tom Crean did, pulling the sledge through the cold, minus thirty degrees with poor clothing? I think I think we should do that. Will we ask Mr. Minogue for your? Do you know when you go off on your school tour? School country. tour. We'll go there, yeah. Will we go to the Antarctica and you'll live on the food, the hoosh or whatever, with the cold and all? Yeah. Will we do that? We'll ask Mr. Moore. Will we? Yeah. 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 I'd say there'd be a few people pulling out of that because I certainly won't go. Uh, Ryan, have you something to say? Um, the way the first plane um, went in the wind, it was because it was made of cardboard. Oh, like, it was very light, wasn't yeah. it? Just uh, timber and uh, and canvas, sometimes yeah. the early planes. So look at the difference. And, and there was a lot of crashes too, wasn't there? Because they were so flimsy. Yeah. Whereas now, the, the modern planes are fantastic. Yeah, very few uh, problems. Now, Andrew... Give you something to say there? Uh, back then, the boats, the boats were made out of wood. Wood, very good. And, and now the, they're made out of metal. Metal, and they moved on after shortly afterwards. In those days, too, steel, like the Titanic, was made um, of steel, the yeah. metal, and riveted into into place. 
But yet they said it was going to be unsinkable. So and yet it, it sank. Or hit what did it hit? An iceberg. An iceberg. Now, do you think that the the Tom Crean and his his fellow travellers did they come across icebergs when they were travelling sail, yeah, sailing? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I should. That's how they got stuck in with endurance. Do you remember when yeah. they left South Georgia? They got caught. Although the whalers, the fishermen said, "Don't go." They still didn't, as you said in your book. The words of warning rang in their ears. Anybody else would like to say something? Are we, have we covered all the, the work? I think we've done a lot of research. So, boys, I want to thank you very much. And Mr. Minogue's class, we had Shane, Andrew, Josh, Ryan, Shane, Dylan, Jonathan and Aaron. So thank you very much, boys. You did, did a lot of work on that. And I've learned a lot today from you. So I want to thank you very much. And we'll see you all again soon. This programme was made with the support of the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland.